Welcome into the BetUS College Football Show, and it is time for us to discuss props for tonight's national championship game between TCU and the Georgia Bulldogs. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. Before we begin, let me go ahead and bring in the experts so that you can get uh, familiar with these guys if this is your first time watching the show, and and I've been told it's everybody's first time at some point. Uh We'll start with the left side of the screen, our analyst, our numbers guy, the I call him the numerical guru, Parker Fleming. He is at Stats of War on Twitter. Parker, uh, I am sure that you are all smiles. You are just elated today. I'm sure you're not nervous at all about tonight's national championship game, right? You can see, for I think for the first time ever on the show, despite what Kyle does and wears, wears logos all the time, I never wear logos. And today I'm rocking a, a, TCU, a TCU quarter zip. Uh, in in spirit with the horn frogs, yeah. Um, I don't know. I actually feel kind of peaceful. I'm like, I, I don't know if that's just I'm a pessimist and and don't believe that anything good can happen to TCU tonight. But I, I legitimately am just ready for this game and excited that TCU's here. And it's just a lot of fun, man. For TCU, it was in the whack to to be playing for a national championship in 2023 with a a new head coach. So pretty pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. Two short decades later, later, and and the whole thing has just changed. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to see. On the right side of the screen, of course, Kyle Hunter, the award-winning professional handicapper, uh, one of our most valued analysts. He does a little bit of everything here at BetUS. Uh, but Kyle, uh, you are at Kyle Hunter Picks on Twitter. How are you feeling about tonight's national championship game? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't have to stress about the game too much. I do wish I had to stress about the game that the Buckeyes were in it, but <laughs> I don't. And uh, I think Parker will probably get more nervous while the game's actually going on, would be my guess. But uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the game. I hope it's a good game, close game. Uh, we've had a real fun season here, and I think it's been a pretty fun bowl season as well. So hopefully we can get one more good game out of this. Yeah, it's not been uh, it's not been too bad. This has been a, a really interesting, uh, unconventional season as far as the results that we've gotten. I mean, the fact that, of course, TCU is playing for a national championship, uh, that is, that's something else. We did not expect that when we walked into this season. Uh, let's go ahead and remind everybody, of course, about what you need to do, and that is subscribe to this channel. That would certainly help us out. Make sure and like this video if you would so kindly. I see a lot of guys in the chat already. Quadrophiniac, I see Kendrick, I see Donald, I see Patrick, I see Sophie. You guys are awesome. You guys are what makes the show go. So we certainly appreciate you for being here for sure at this, uh, this last game of the college football season, the 2022 season. Uh, it feels like it has flown by. Just absolutely flown by. But yes, subscribe if you've not already done so. Like this video. Hit that notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live. And considering we don't really know what the schedule will be going forward right now, uh, that notification bell is going to be incredibly important so that you can keep up with us. You can also follow us on Twitter as well. All that stuff is in the, uh, the description below. So go ahead and check that out. If you cannot follow the show live, you can also listen to the podcast. That is the BetUS Football Show. You can get that anywhere that you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, etc. Uh, but that is also the NFL feed as well. And now that they are moving into the NFL playoffs, it would be wise to make sure that you are subscribed not only to their channel, but also to that podcast as well. So make sure you're subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed. Share the show out. Tell your friends about it, of course. Gentlemen, uh, let's go ahead and recap what we have done thus far this season as far as our picks are concerned. And looking at overall records, I am sitting at 57, 39, and 3. 
Uh, Kyle is sitting 34-31-1. and one. Parker, 46-48-1. and one. That puts us at an overall record of 137-118-5. and five. That is 53.73%. And that, my friends, is profitable. But that is not the only thing that we have been good at so far this year. Uh, I do have the numbers pulled up. Let's let's do a little bit of a recap before we jump into the game. Let's do just a touch of a recap on what we've done as far as our futures. We never went back to do it. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do a full recap show. But I think now is a good time for us to at least talk about what we did in the preseason to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what we do early before the games actually begin. Uh, Kyle? You you did really really well as far as your futures. You were five and three uh, in your future picks, but my goodness, you had some big ones with Toledo winning the MAC, and uh, and you and I both had Troy winning the Sun Belt West. Both of those were plus three seventy five. Not too bad, Kyle. Uh, how'd you feel about your preseason? Yeah, really good. Um, actually, long term, those have been what I've done best on is those season win totals and futures. Uh, I think it's a good. Uh, opportunity for better. So definitely stay tuned as we uh, look toward next year for those once again. Oh, most certainly. I had, uh, along with that Troy uh, Sunbelt West division title, that was plus 375. I also had Utah winning the Pac-12. That was plus 225. So not too bad. Uh, Overall, like we, we did pretty, pretty well. Parker, you had the biggest win of the futures bets. Uh, You took Kansas State to win the Big 12 at plus 1,000. Uh, how, how did you foresee this, my friend? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, last year I took, I think, uh, I'm interested to see what Kansas State's line is for 2023 because last year I think I took them over five and a half wins. And this year I took them over six and a half wins. And heck, right now in 2023, I'll probably take them at over seven and a half wins if the uh, if the trend keeps going. But I think Kansas State was a dark horse. That, you know, they brought in that... Um, the quarterback and I think their experience was really, really underrated in terms of how their development cycle was coming together. And um, in total fairness, I mean, I did not project them to win like they did with Will Howard. I thought Adrian Martinez is going to be a big part of that team. So I definitely made that pick based on uh, something that differently than happened, but money is in my pocket um, all the same. So that's kind of nice. And um, I'm even okay with two. I took two pretty big L's on, uh, on USC and North Carolina, both going under and um I feel okay with projecting both of those going under with those teams one score records and how awful their defenses were. It's like, man, I can't look at I can't look and be like I would have taken those differently, um, you know, just based on what we knew at the time. So that big Kansas State win definitely padded over a couple of those losses and the voided Virginia bet that would have cashed. So I'm glad to glad to have that one in my pocket for sure. Now you have certainly certainly got that right, uh, gentlemen. Let's talk about the game. Let's discuss tonight's ball game, TCU and Georgia. Uh, Georgia, currently a 12.5-point favorite. The total sitting right now at 64. Of course, these latest numbers at BetUS. This one's at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. It's 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. And, gentlemen, uh, there's going to be rain in the forecast. This thing is covered, so it shouldn't necessarily matter. But uh, it's a little strange to be leaving you know, Georgia and uh, and Fort Worth and headed over to L.A. and then get stuck in uh, what I believe they're calling an atmospheric river out there. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy stuff that's happening as far as L.A. weather is concerned. But we got a lot of props that we need to go over. We got some things to discuss in this game. Parker, uh, I'm going to let you lead us off here. 
first off, the wager counts. Let, let's give out some numbers as far as the handle, everything else that's going on uh, over at BetUS. Uh, 69% of the spread bets, as far as the ticket count is concerned, are on TCU. As far as the money is concerned, on the spread side, there's 54% of the money on TCU. So a little bit of a difference there. As far as money line, uh, it's about 80% both the tickets and money on TCU. As far as the total, uh, the over. 69% of the uh, of the tickets for the totals are going over. 63% of the money is going over. So do with that what you will. It shouldn't necessarily uh, impact your handicap per se. But, uh, but if you like to know those kind of things, that's what they are. Parker, uh, there's no real way that we're going to organize this show. We, we've all got some different props that we want to try and hit on. Um, which direction would you like to lead us in? Which, where would you like to start today? Let's start with the most important player on the field, Gary. Let's start with Max Duggan. I think this is the one I've thought the most about, and I definitely snagged some at different lines, and I think the lines are different today, and that, that's maybe changed my strategy if I was going to place additional bets today. So the first thing that I scooped up, and I think you and I were texting about this on Thursday, was uh, Max Duggan over on rushing yards. And I believe when we snagged it, it was like 28 and a half, I think. It was. Um, and yep. it's now sitting at 31 and a half rushing yards minus 140. That makes that much less attractive for me, um, losing a little bit of edge there and that line being so thin. Um, but I certainly don't want to bet on him under. I think the big reason to bet on a Max Duggan over here is that TCU's offense is going to struggle at times tonight. It's just inevitable. <laughs> They've done it in every game. And I think that Max Duggan this season has run the ball less than he has historically. He's been healthier than he has historically. Um, his time to throw in the pocket has been longer historically than it has. Um, he's really tried to do that. Can I... Um, can I go through my progressions? Can I get the ball downfield? As the you know, as midnight nears proverbially, and as the offense needs to get more going on, we saw, for instance, that last drive of that Kansas State game. He had 95 rushing yards on one drive. Um, Max Duggan is absolutely going to run the ball um, as much as he can. He had 63 rushing yards against Michigan, 118 against Kansas. You think about the Baylor game where they needed a lot of help. He had 47. Um, and so I think that. His over is a, is a good bet there, even if the number has gotten a little less uh, attractive as well. A number I like that might be an alternate way to get at that is over one and a half rushing touchdowns for Max Duggan is currently at 130, plus 130. Um, I like that a whole lot. He had two against Michigan, one against Kansas State, and one against Baylor there. Again, those games where they need that to happen, um, especially as... Georgia is going to have some interior defensive linemen that are really, really going to disrupt TC's run game, especially if Kendra Miller doesn't play. Watch them get that design QB run going a lot more. So yeah, I, I like Max Duggan at the over 31 and a half. If that price is a little wearisome for you, um, I think that over one and a half rushing touchdown in addition, or maybe even in substituting there would be a nice way to kind of capitalize on what we expect out of Max Duggan's legs in this game tonight. Now, I do have uh, Max Duggan as an anytime touchdown score at minus 115. So you're giving up just a little bit. It's just a, just a touch there. Uh, over one and a half, I'm a little wary of over one and a half. Uh, if, you're, if you're wary of the 31 and a half, this is something to pay attention to as oh, far as... I believe that's, I believe that's over one half. Over, so it's just one. I may oh, have it's over one half rushing. Oh, okay, just, so it's... Yeah, aha, yeah. so instead of anytime touchdown, we should make it any... Uh, uh, Max Duggan over one and a half. So yep. that changes things. I, I do not believe he'll score a rushing touchdown. I don't think you need the extra <laughs> the extra added benefit of that. today. Let's see. Let's see. So uh, as far as the yardage is concerned that you were talking about, Parker, 31 and a half. It was 28 and a half last week when you and I were talking about it. Uh, 
that is one thing. If you are an NFL fan, if this is the only game that you ten, uh, tune in for as college, uh, excuse me, as far as college football is concerned on a yearly basis, the rushing statistics are different between the NFL and college football. Sacks do count against your rushing yards. So that's uh, that's something to pay attention to as far as that 31 and a half. Uh, if Duggan were to take a sack, that could really, really hurt things. But uh, if they do designed runs like you're talking about, Parker, uh, I feel like he should be able to get well above that, especially when looking at what C.J. Stroud was able to do. You look at what George's defense uh, has given up to rushing quarterbacks. It's not usually a lot, uh, but this defense... They've kind of been on their heels a little bit for the past two games against LSU and Ohio State. Uh, I think that Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley can do some of the same stuff. I, I, I've got I've got very similar uh, things here. You know, the anytime touchdown, I'll mark that off. I'll go with the over one and a half uh, rushing touchdowns here. Uh, over rushing yardage, thirty one and a half uh, at minus one twenty. I still think that's a good price there. Eh, Kyle, let's uh, let's go over to you. Let let's talk let's talk longest touchdown in this game. I think we all agree uh, that over 47 and a half is, is, you know, a good buy if you got it at that. Uh, but this thing has been moving rapidly. And if I'm not mistaken, at BetUS right now, it's a 50 and a half. Um, Kyle, would you still want to play it at 50 and a half? I got to think about that. Um, I bet this yesterday over 47 and a half. So it's, it's moved overnight and it's actually, I think minus 120 now on over 50 and a half. So, some serious steam here on the over. I definitely like over 47 and a half. I don't know if this will go back down or not. Over 50 and a half, it would be a pretty small bet for me. I guess I'd say it that way because, uh, you know, you're, you're getting up there. You get over half the football field. <laughs> you got to be uh, taking a little bit of a second thought. I do think there are lots of ways that you could pick up a big touchdown in a game like this. Uh, the Bulldogs have given up a lot of big plays in the secondary TCU is going to take chances. They're extremely explosive on offense. And Georgia has big play potential with multiple guys as well. And Stetson Bennett throws a pretty big, uh, good deep ball. So I still kind of like it, but certainly not as much as I did at 47 and a half. Uh, and while, we've, while we're on you, Kyle, uh, you had a little bit on Max Duggan as well. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me what you're thinking as far as, I believe, what, first half score? Yeah, I like Max Duggan, uh, first half, anytime touchdown score. I see this one's actually moved to the positive, um, plus 280 for a touchdown in the first half. I think when you think about minus 115 for the game and see plus 280 for the first half, um, I think that's probably a good look because Duggan has run a lot more in games that have been competitive or games that they really need him to run. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those games where they really need him to run. Um, and why wouldn't you, if you're TCU, want to make Georgia respect that run game early on? I don't think they'll just save all the runs for the second half. Uh, plus 280 is a pretty big number. He had 15 rushing attempts, attempts in each of their last two games, which were right down to the wire. Um, I think Duncan will run it at enough times here that I'd want to take a chance on plus 280 in the first half. I, I do like that one. I do like that a lot. So plus 280, Max Duggan first half score. Um that's interesting. That is so interesting. Uh, Parker, Parker, let's move back over to you. Let's stay on TCU. Let's talk about Tay Barber really quick. Uh, what What do you like about Tay Barber? I've got I've got a bet on Tay Barber plus one hundred five more receiving yards than Lad McConkey. Now that has to do with McConkey's injury. Uh, but what What do you like about Tay Barber in this matchup? 
Interesting. Yeah. Sorry for the puzzled look. I was thinking, I was like, wait, isn't Lad hurt? And I realized that's exactly what it is. If you look at Tay Barber, he's been um, kind of two things for TCU. One, he's been a Max Duggan isn't settled and he needs to find a guy in space to get some passing game going. So he's been very reliable for a solid 12 to 15 yard target every now and then. And then at the goal line, he's been really, really versatile at, um, you know, just being that kind of slipping away option. They've run some orbit return return motion. They've run some jet sweep to him, found him in the flat and, and found him in the red zone as well. So um, I, I like him, especially because I think that that George's kind of uh, MO in the red zone is going to be shut down Quentin Johnston, shut down the tight end Jared Wiley. And that's going to give a lot of leeway for the TCU to get creative and have to get the ball to Tay Barber if they're going to get it in the end zone. So I like him as an anytime touchdown scorer for plus 210, um, I think, in the passing game. His reliability, how much Duggan um, really trusts him and goes to him. Um, again, I keep talking about these last two games. They've been the most competitive of TCU season. He um, you know, had, had five targets and a touchdown against Kansas State, four targets and a touchdown against Michigan. Super reliable option, one that Duggan is very comfortable with. They've played together for almost four years now. In the big moments, if they can't get the ball to the first option, Tay, Bar- Tay Barber is going to be Max Duggan's most reliable second option. I like him in the red zone, plus money here. I think that him as an anytime touchdown scorer is is a really solid bet. I, I tend to be with you. I tend to be with you. Tay Barber, I think, is going to get some looks. I think uh, I think UJ is going to get doubled uh, a little bit. Uh, that's, that seems like a good option there. Uh, as far as... Uh, Let's see. Let's look at a couple other things. I, I do have one. I'm curious you guys' opinion on. I have got Georgia wide receiver A.D. Mitchell minus 200 to have more receiving yards than TCU wide receiver Darius Davis. Now, Davis had five receptions total in the last three games. That included a drop against Michigan. A.D. Mitchell is finally healthy. He had six targets against Ohio State, got four receptions, over 40 yards there, and a touchdown. Uh, Parker, I'm going to go back to you on this. Darius Davis, uh, his I guess his receiving stuff has gone down here recently. He had a hand injury and was out against Baylor. Uh, while this is minus 200, I, I feel like those odds should be closer to like minus 350 or so because with A.D. Mitchell back, Georgia is absolutely going to target him more than what Darius Davis is going to get. Uh, do you, do you kind of agree with this or, or should I be maybe a little bit wary of it? No, I think this is I think this is fine. He he really has come down in the um in the passing game, especially as he's gone up in the um in his special teams game and how more involved he's been there. Um with Tay Barber as that option and with um I think he had a lot early on as TC was trying to install their downfield option. You saw a lot more Tay Barber kind of horizontal involvement in the in the offense. I don't think they really feature that as much. If you look at his targets, um I mean, they, they, you know, he had a great game uh, against Oklahoma uh, and Oklahoma State with seven targets, but he, he really didn't have many yards in either of those games, only 32 against Oklahoma, 30 or eight total against Oklahoma State. Um, when they've really tried to go to him recently, it's it's not been successful. One one catch on five targets against Iowa State in a blowout, two catches on six targets against Kansas State and two catches on four targets against um Michigan with no touchdowns. He really has not been that much of a factor in their passing game. Um, I'd, I'd be much more optimistic about um, maybe a defense or special teams bet here on a touchdown. But in terms of his rushing yards, I don't think he'll be involved. And I think A.D. Mitchell is absolutely going to be involved downfield as as Georgia tries to avoid playing conservatively and just kind of get the, get the engine going. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Minus 200, while it may seem like a lot, uh, it feels like a really, really good bet to me. 
Kyle, let's uh, let's go back over to you. Let's uh, let's talk about Quentin Johnston. Uh, I know that you had some things you wanted to talk to Parker about, so I'm going to get myself out of the way here and let you guys discuss uh, about Quentin Johnston. What what a better option for a bet might be? Yeah, so uh, I think Quentin Johnston. Uh, the what I what I wanted to talk about here is see what Parker's thoughts were on over receptions versus over receiving yards. So we know that they're going to take at least some shots downfield. That's a good way to attack the Georgia secondary. Johnson has had a lot of targets here of late six, seven, seven, and nine targets in the last four games. TCU's a big underdog in this game. The expected game state would be plenty of targets here for him in a game like this. They'll probably have to throw the ball a decent amount. I think he's going to get plenty of uh, targets, certainly capable of targets near the line of scrimmage or deep balls. Kind of wondering, uh, Parker, you know TCU, TCU better than me. Uh, what do you think of over four and a half receptions versus over 84 and a half receiving yards? This one is is super interesting. I love the line at four and a half just because his last couple of games have been right there on that line. And it's kind of interesting to see what he will do. Um, a couple of things about him that would that would kind of sway my decision here. Uh, one against Kansas State, 34.3 yards per reception against Michigan, 27.2. That's absolutely absurd. But I want to focus on a more um, production based metric, which is yards per route run, how involved he is. Um, so the two games leading up to those were um, Texas and Baylor. Uh uh, he had um, he did not play against Iowa State. Was a little bit hurt there. Uh, his yards per route run were 2.28 against Texas, 3.20 against Baylor, 3.91 against Kansas State, and then 5.82 uh, against Michigan. For just a vague frame of reference, if you're unfamiliar with yards per route run, Cooper Cup's like amazing NFL season was like 4.1 last year. So anything above four is just really really incredible. Of course, you scale that for college a little bit, but he's super involved with. Um, how often he's getting the ball relative to how much they're throwing it and how productive he is when he gets the ball there. Um, and so I'd almost bank on him getting more targets, but maybe getting denied more. But when he catches it, it being more productive. So I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards yards on Quentin Johnston than I am catches because he does average so much. I mean, 18.0 yards per reception on the entire season. Um, and earlier in the season, their offense wasn't exactly downfield working as well. Those numbers are pretty low and bring that out. Um, and so I think that his when he catches the ball, it, it counts for so much. Um, and the way that he's been a little bit uh, denied in spots against Michigan specifically and um, with how George is going to give him attention, I think I'd count more on the productivity of his targets relative to the number of his targets um, overall. So uh, I, I could certainly see him hitting that five threshold for um, receptions, but because his receptions are so productive, I, I think I would lean towards the yards here. That does make sense, by the way, Kyle. Let me jump in here. That Georgia defense uh, had not given up over 271 yards receiving or more than one receiving touchdown in any regular season game this year. Uh, but against LSU, they gave up 502 yards and three touchdowns. Against Ohio State, 348 and four touchdowns. Uh, and when you look at the guys that they actually uh, that actually caught the touchdowns, uh, the best wide receivers the last two games on the opposing team. Marvin Harrison Jr. had two receiving touchdowns. Uh, LSU's Malik Neighbors had one touchdown. They both had tons of yards, uh, and they did it on not a ton of catches. So I think the productivity, uh, Parker, as you were saying, is probably the best bet. I was trying to look up some numbers while, uh, while Parker was talking there. So that uh, that would make sense to me. And Kyle, uh, which direction you you feel like that's maybe the right way to go? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm bringing it up so I can place my bet here as we're talking. So yeah, I'm going to take the over on the receiving yards. 
I want to take something on Johnston. I still kind of think that the over four and a half is a good look, but it's actually even more juicy too. So I can save a little bit of juice with the receiving yards instead. Um, yeah, 84, over 84 and a half minus 125 and over four and a half is minus 160. It's gone up quite a bit. So uh, I don't love laying minus 160. So I, I appreciate that he said the over receiving yards so I can uh, get that one in. Uh, Parker, does that mean that you do also... Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of jumping in line. This is this is a different different show here. We're doing this a little bit different, but over <laughs> uh, longest reception, you also like that as well. Yes. What is the final? What is the number of that? So I saw the the touchdown longest touchdown had gone up. What number do you have for for longest reception? Uh, I mean, um, John's thirty three and a half. Right yeah, thirty three and a half. Thirty three and a half. Okay. Let's see. Okay, I pulled this up because I think you mentioned this beforehand. Quentin Johnston would have hit the over on that in. Let's just count so I get this number exactly. Looking at his long one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight games. Um, so yeah, I think if he catches the ball, it's going to be a big play. He normally gets downfield um, and uh, and and can get by some guys. I I, I think again the productivity there, that's going to hit, and over eighty four is going to hit. Or neither of them are going to hit, but I think that that his productivity with his targets is so high. I think the over there is a good is a good bet. I I tend to agree. I tend to Kyle. Uh, how about you? Like you, you're thinking over the thirty three and a half. I do. I think I probably will put a little bit more on the receiving yards and a little bit less on the longest reception. I'm always a little bit shy about when it has to be one long play versus the possibility of multiple 25 yards or something. Uh, But yeah, I think uh, they're fairly correlated in that sense. Uh, We do have a few questions coming into the chat. And as you guys know, if you have been watching for quite a while, let me go ahead and tell everybody. Any questions that you have, we are going to hit those in a Q&A segment at the end of the show, uh, which is not going to take forever here. So, you know, it, this is a little bit shorter show than usual, considering we're only covering one game and we're talking about the prop bets of that. Uh, but yes, any questions that you have, toss them in there. I saw one from Quadrophiniac. I've seen several others in there, uh, and we are going to hit quite a few of those. So you guys are are awesome. Thank you for tossing those in there. Uh, I do have one that I want to toss out to you guys and see what your thoughts are. Uh, I am going to take Stetson Bennett over one half interceptions at minus 110. Uh, and I believe that's still at minus 110. I'll, I'll have to double check because these things are moving rapidly. Um, Georgia has played two teams this year that run defenses similar to Joe Gillespie's, right? That spill and kill is a different kind of deal. Mississippi State also runs a 3-3-5. Uh, Kent State runs a 3-3-3 stack that's, uh, that's similar. You know, they put their corners out on islands, etc. They they do some, uh, some things schematically the same. But there there's no defense that is exactly like what Joe Gillespie is doing. And TCU does have quite a bit of speed here. Stetson has eight total interceptions on the year against those two teams, Mississippi State and Kent State. Stetson had three combined interceptions in those games. Now, if you go back and look at what the interceptions were, uh, one of them was a batted down pass uh, at the line of scrimmage that was actually caught. Uh, Several others that he's thrown this year were just one-on-one competition where he thought that he could throw past the corner. I think in this situation, he can get a little bit confused against what TCU is trying to show, especially pre-snap. I am going to go with Stetson to throw uh, one interception in this game, and that's minus 110. It's, you know, very even odds as far as that is concerned. Uh, Kyle, I'll, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, I do like it. And, um, you know, people say, well, those batted down ones, you never know what will happen. But Stetson is 5'11". Um, he has had a lot of batted down balls throughout the course of the season. So I think that's certainly possible in a game like this. TCU is pretty aggressive in the secondary, and I would think they would take some chances. Um, Stetson had some questionable decisions there last game against Ohio State. The one was picked off. He had two turnover-worthy plays. Um, I think he's certainly capable of throwing a pick in a game like this. I guess the only concern I would have is if they get ahead and he doesn't throw as many passes. But uh, I think he'll throw enough passes that you got a good chance at those odds. I, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I think that Georgia is going to throw the football in this game. There's a lot of guys in the chat that have been jumping in talking about uh, Georgia is just going to run right over them because of that 3-3-5. Uh, that is that's not the case. That's how that's not how this defense works. Parker, uh, what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you you feel like maybe uh, maybe Stetson one interception. I don't think it's necessarily going to cost Georgia the game, but yeah, you know it, he's he's shown this uh, propensity to do this uh, against Alabama last year, uh, against Ohio State in the last game in uh, in pressure situations, especially against confusing defenses. This seems to happen. Uh, not not often per se, but often enough to where I would feel comfortable laying 110 uh, to go over a half interception. Uh, Parker, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I like this a lot, but more so because of TC's defense and less so because of Bennett in in particular. I think you know the if you look at the turnover worthy plays, which try to account for some of that randomness, he only had one against Mississippi State and one against uh, Kent State, and both of those turned interceptions. So that makes me wary a little bit, but I think it's fair to say that that defense, especially that higher shell, does provide a little bit of confusion. Um, one, I put a link in the chat. I know a couple of you, I was trying to answer a couple of questions there. Um, just about TCU's defense, it's it's not just they put fewer guys up front. Like, that's, that's a very 2005 way to look at football. I put a link in there, read it for the game tonight, and understand what, what Joe Gillespie's trying to do on defense, because it makes the game better if you understand what's going on there. Um, two, Bud Clark, on our podcast, Purple Theory, we talk about Bud Clark Island and how the real estate prices are going so high. He is um, a great safety for TCU. He has five interceptions, four pass breakups. Um, he is a ball hawk. He he absolutely stole an interception away from J.J. McCarthy, baited him into a throw, has that vision downfield, and is super athletic to kind of play that you know stereotypical cliche um, center fielder role. So I like him to be really trying to force a big play. And I think that will help TC might get burned on that as well. But I do like, I do like over interceptions there just because between him and, and Travis Hodge Tomlinson and, uh, Josh Newton, TCU has three guys who can really go after the ball. That's, um, 11 interceptions between the three of them and 22 additional pass breakups between those guys. There's going to be a lot of contact on the ball. There's going to be a lot of passes defensed. That's going to lead towards, uh, towards, towards uh, more higher probability of a Stetson Bennett interception, um, which, which may not be decisive. No. So let's stay on the, on the Georgia offense. We haven't talked a whole lot about what Georgia is going to try and do uh, because I believe guys, I'm not going to lie. I have seen this game go a multitude of different ways in my head. Uh, the more time you've got to think about a matchup like this, I guess, uh, you can find different reasons to back certain things. But when it comes to this Georgia offense, it appears to be a different guy almost all the time. Brock Bowers is kind of the most well-known. But as far as that running back room, who knows? Who is going to be the leading rusher? Uh, who? I mean, uh, uh, mid, uh, excuse me. Da, 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 da. I've got it right here. Uh, Kendall Milton had quite a few. Kenny McIntosh, I believe, only had five rushes against Ohio State. Now he had 70 yards, uh, but he only got five touches on that one. I, some of these were just, you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out because it is a full team effort here. 
Uh, are there any that maybe we should be looking at as far as Georgia offense is concerned? Uh, I think that Georgia is going to have to, you know, uh, really be aggressive on offense in this game, or at least I would assume they would be. So maybe some of these sets and overs, uh, something like that. But Kyle, uh, let me bring you in. Uh, what are what are some thoughts on some of these other uh, things for for the Georgia offense? I've considered uh, Kenny McIntosh over receiving yards. He's a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. I think he could get some targets uh, that way. It's tough to know who's going to run, like you said, for for Georgia. I don't know that I want to try to predict that. Um, Bennett will probably try a decent amount of passes. I still think Bowers could be a pretty big part of the offense. He really wasn't a huge part of the offense against Ohio State. Ohio State's been really good against uh, tight ends in the past. Um, they're not very good at matching up against wide receivers. They somehow end up with a linebacker on a wide receiver <laughs> pretty often, but uh, they've done pretty good against tight ends. I think Bowers will be targeted plenty of times here, so I don't mind over-receiving yards, but I see it's gone from 61.5 up to 65.5, so somebody else is thinking the same way. Uh, McIntosh receiving yards I think is a good look uh, to the over. Also, Ladd McConkey unders maybe. I mean, he's definitely not himself right now. We saw what he was in the Ohio State game. The, the couple throws to him were like right at the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I would think that A.D. Mitchell kind of takes away from uh, Ladd McConkey a bit here. Yeah, that I, I think I think AD's going to kind of take that. Uh, we did have somebody in the chat jump in, and, and they were 100% right. Arian Smith is I, – I don't know that there's not anybody on TCU that can match up with him as far as speed is concerned, but he is certainly a weapon. Uh, and Georgia now has plenty of weapons. I think that the offense is going to change considerably, considering Darnell Washington, it, it appears, is if, if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. Uh, so it's a whole different deal. If he doesn't play at all, uh, that really changes what Georgia does on offense. Uh, the other tight ends that they have in that room are not nearly the size of Washington. Uh, Parker, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on the way that maybe Darnell Washington changes the game if he's not in there? Uh, what what are what are some thoughts on this one? Definitely some kind of spillover effects from what they're going to be able to do out of personnel groupings and having him and Bowers on the field and what their blocking can do. Um, and so I think that him being out definitely changes maybe the positioning of where they can put Bowers per se. I was just looking up um, TCU against tight ends has not really gotten, you know, consistently blown up this season, but they've given up a long play like Mason, Cher uh, Mason Fairchild for Kansas, uh, 48 yard play. Um, ben Sinat had a had an over 30 yard touchdown for Kansas State as well. That's kind of that third option. If a quarterback can stay cool and kind of process and get to that next option, they can hit that downfield threat. So I wonder about Bowers positioning and whether he's going to be able to hit one of those seam passes. I, I kind of like a long reception over um, over 25 and a half for Brock Bowers. He would have hit that five times this season, I think, in games, just from his longest of, e of each game. And the way that TCU has gotten beat by tight ends is not, you know, what Texas tried to do with Jatavion Sanders and go to him, go to him, go to him. It's, oh, as an option that's kind of gotten through the cracks, they've hit that big play. So a Brock Bowers big play wouldn't surprise me at all, um, especially if we're going to call like a, a shovel pitch kind of a shovel pass kind of a thing, um, a pass. Like there's times where Brock Bowers gets the ball. That's like very much a run, but is going to count for passing yards. I think, I think he's good for one, at least one big explosive play there. Um, and that's only minus 115. Uh, so I'd be more interested in that than kind of the total yardage for him. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Uh, gentlemen, is there anything else that we, I think this is all that we've hit as far as 
Uh, you know what? We we didn't really talk much about the defense special teams touchdown, right? Parker, you want to hit on that one? Oh, I don't think I don't think we did. Uh, I, I maybe maybe vaguely mentioned that, but I think that gets you that gets you pick sixes. That gets you um, a Darius Davis punt return. I think that's that's um, an extremely uh, extremely probable uh, reality. Even if you wanted to go the other way and say it, let's say Georgia gets up by two scores. Um, Max Duggan dropping back on third and nine is going to lead to some nonsense like that. That I think that the game state there favors you for a defensive special team score as well. Um, and so if you think about kind of your normal distribution of what's the probability that I get at least one, um, you think about all the states that would add up where you would get at least one of those defensive or special team scores. And that seems like a pretty, pretty good bet for me. So I think the number there is plus 220. Yes. Um, and so that's one I had on my on my uh, card coming in. I can get with it. Uh, let's let's go ahead and dive off of the. Hey, Kyle, did you have another one that uh, that I have not hit on? Um, I don't. I, I did play the first half for TCU plus seven and a half. Uh, mentioned last week, if it went up from seven to seven and a half, I'd probably put some pizza money on it. So uh, TCU seven and a half in the first half is a, a bet for me, a small one. Uh, I think they have the coordinators and a gamed. Uh, a game prep that I think they can stay around at least for a while. So I think getting over a touchdown in the first half is probably a good look. I like it. Let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into this Q and A, uh, and we'll we'll give you our picks again at the end of the Q and A session here. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have I believe one official best bet that I've got on there. But we'll we'll all read off our cards uh, once we once we get to the end here. But let's go on and start this off. Let's let's look through some of the questions here. And tell you, oh, first, again, do us a favor, like the video, and subscribe to the channel if you've not already done so. Subscribe to the podcast as well, the BetUS Football Show, and uh, and tell your friends about the show. Tell uh, tell your parents, tell all your football buddies, etc. That thing certainly helps us out. But yes, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and that thing will let you know when we go live. All right, gentlemen. First question here, Robert Holt, uh, the over forty nine and a half for a touchdown. Yeah, we talked about that one, uh, Elias. Is TCU a trap bet today? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at this point in the season. There are no trap bets. There's so much action on this game. Uh, this is not a trap. This is not even close. Uh, Kyle, do you do you agree with this? Yeah, I mean, what if I told you there really are no trap bets? I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think that's the, the key to this one is, you know, people say they're setting up a trap. Uh, you know, you talk to any odds maker, they say there is no such thing as a, a trap. But, but Kyle, my, my uncle told me that on Tuesdays <laughs> when the line moved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's tricky. <laughs> it's a, Yes, the trap bet idea, uh, look, at the end of the day, if the line looks weird to you, uh, go and do your research. That's it. There's a reason why these lines are where they are. We'll just say that. Uh, Quadrophiniac, what percentage of your bankroll should one risk on futures? Well, uh, now this is different for everybody. I will tell you that I put a quarter of a unit on each future play uh, for like prop bets, right? As far as futures are concerned, like preseason numbers. Um, when it comes to regular season win totals, I will put a full unit on those. When it comes to uh, the the plus odds of winning a championship or winning a division or something along those lines, typically I'm about half a unit on those. Uh, Kyle, you know, I think it's different for everybody, but uh, w- which way do you typically go with those? 
Yeah, I keep a sec- separate bankroll for futures and win totals versus just the individual games. Um, I bet quite a bit on win totals, you know, three, four, five units, uh, things like that. But with futures, it's always a smaller bet for me because you're taking the big plus money price, hoping to hit one of those. Um, I've done well on win totals, and I think uh, it's about reducing the variance. You know, you have uh, 12 or 13 games versus having one game. If you're really confident in something over a 12 or 13 game schedule, you hope that it's going to play out more often. So, um, but I think keeping them separate is a good idea. I know a lot of people don't like to bet on the long term season and win total futures because it locks up your money for such a long time. So, I think it's probably a good idea to try to keep it separate so you're not wondering like, hey, why can't I place a bet on this game because I've got this locked up? So maybe if you want to try to plan on that for next year now, that would probably be a good way to look at it. That is interesting. I had not really thought about that, uh, but I, I might do that next year. I might just keep that completely separate away from, from everything else that I'm doing. Uh, Parker, uh, you're, you're, I'm not going to say new to this, but, uh, but relatively new as far as the bankroll stuff is concerned. Uh, how, how would you look at this? Kind of the same way that Kyle is? Yeah, I'm 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 fully fine being like I'm learning so much about the actual betting side besides just putting numbers on there and it's fascinating and and you guys have both been great resources and helping me with that as well. Um, I do I implicitly I was kind of nodding along with Kyle. I didn't think about it, but I was just like, hey, I, I, again, I don't bet huge sums. I don't bet for income or anything, but I do you know put my money where my mouth is on on these and um, uh, the futures bets. I definitely like the conference bets and the win totals. Um, so like Power Five conferences is like Kansas State. I put a unit on that. Um, and so, but I kind of do keep just a, like in my mind, it's like, Hey, this is what I'm going to allocate across these future bets. That's not really, Hey, here's what I'm going to spend all season. And because I also, that window is like a lot longer, right? Like it's, you know, you can start betting some of those in May or whatever, um, looking forward to the season. And so, um, I didn't use all of my money that I kind of set aside for futures just because I didn't think there was enough bets I liked, but, uh, I kind of implicitly did what Kyle did and should formalize that this fall. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Josh Gillum jumps in. He said, can TCU match Georgia's physicality? Uh, there's there's several ways to look at this. Uh, just on its face, you would say, no, TCU does not have the talent that Georgia does, especially at the line of scrimmage. However, these two teams play differently. So that defense and, and the way that the offense blocks – uh, are just completely different than what Georgia is really used to. So I'm going to say, yes, they can match the physicality. Uh, Parker, uh, we'll start with you on this. Uh, how, how would you answer Josh's question here? Uh, I I mean, again, I think that we really need to think about what we think about, uh, how we think about football and physicality. Like if TCU and Michigan had to line up and put 10 men on the line and just play a game of tug of war, um, Michigan would have murdered them. If Georgia and TCU had to do that, they do that. But that's the reality is like, I don't care if you're super stronger than me and you could beat me every time you block me. If you can't get to your assignments, I'm going to make a play. Um, and and TCU's defense is really, especially in positions that are kind of quote unquote weak on physicality, like Dom Williams, a freshman nose tackle who's playing in the national championship and will play most of TCU snaps. He won't be on the stat line. His responsibility is to soak up the A-gaps. Like, he could just fall down and take two guys with him and win that rep. So you've got to think about what they're being asked to do when you think about physicality. I also would challenge you to look at Mark Perry, Abe Kamara, D. Winters hitting a guy and say that TCU isn't physical. Um, You need to think a lot more about physical more than big burly linemen standing in the way of you because football is a moving game. And TCU, especially in this defense, is going to play a lot more of a flyover defense. And 
force equals mass times acceleration. Georgia might have more mass. Michigan might have had more mass. But you've got to get that uh, acceleration in there and and, and uh, note where those guys are going to go. So, if, if again, if TCU had to line up and just play tug of war, they'd absolutely get out physical. Yes, but that's not how football is played. So I don't think that's helpful to um, necessarily fixate on. I agree. I agree. Kyle, uh, you, you kind of feel the same way here? I do. I think that's a too simplistic way of thinking. I, yeah, I think that it's uh, it's the type of thing that people say after a team loses. Well, that team was just too physical for them. Uh, the other team was too physical. But um, I think that's just taking it uh, too far. It's too simplistic, like Parker said. So I echo that. Agreed. Uh, Jordan Berkey jumps in. What's your guys' favorite long shot for an anytime touchdown score? Parker, I see you already hit this one in the chat. Uh, so let me go ahead and, and get you to talk about this. Uh, you, you've got, let's see, Jordan Hudson plus 850. Uh, give me... Give me some thoughts on Jordan Hudson. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I'm sure you guys have thoughts, more, maybe better thoughts on Georgia. Uh, maybe one of the running backs would be smart just because who knows how, how they're going to distribute the targets. But for TCU, a lot of their offense has been, hey, we're going to throw it up to an athletic wide receiver and let him either get it or get PI and kind of move the chains and, and hope for a home run, their home run offense. Hudson, the last couple of weeks, has been more involved. And he's had a couple balls where if they didn't just obviously commit pass interference, he'd have a wide open touchdown. Um, and so if you think about probability of getting a touchdown, those are 50-50 balls. Um, and if he catches it, it will be a touchdown. They're going to chuck it to him, uh, especially as Quentin Johnson gets covered up. He's kind of the downfield guy they like. So I think that one makes a lot of sense, especially when they play those kind of home run pass interference balls. If he catches it, he can uh, he can definitely get through there. I, I do like that, especially at the plus 850. Uh, right. You look at the yeah. Georgia guys. Uh, I, I think I think the odds makers know uh, exactly what we were talking about, that who knows who Georgia is going to target in this because they got so many guys, right, Kyle? I mean, we, we've got Kenny McIntosh at minus 190 for any time touchdown. Uh, Brock Bowers minus 190. Uh, Edwards minus 140. Uh, Lad McConkie is minus 140. We've got uh, A.D. Mitchell minus 120. Stetson Bennett is plus 105. Uh, Darnell Washington plus 175. But Washington may not even play. Uh, Kyrus Jackson's plus 175. And then Kendall Milton is plus 175. Is there anybody on Georgia's side that is actually worth an anytime touchdown score bet here? I wouldn't bet anybody on Georgia to bet an anytime touchdown. I think if you want to take a long shot on Georgia, uh, you probably have to go to the player to score their first touchdown where you can at least get, you know, plus 500, maybe 80 Mitchell plus 550, something like that. Um, but I, I don't want to bet any Georgia anytime touchdowns because the, the price just isn't there. Um, and, and Parker, I went ahead and put a little bit of a bet in on Jordan Hudson as you were talking. So I'm going to be rooting for Jordan Hudson tonight. I just did the your exact lips, same Your thing. lips to God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Donald Boone jumps in. Do you think the TCU needs multiple turnovers from Georgia to beat them? Um, I will answer first, and then I'm going to get Kyle's uh, opinion on this. I'm going to say yes. I think that TCU needs this thing to be chaotic. I think they need it to go absolutely bonkers uh, in order to win this ballgame. Now, not... Not to the, and that's not to say that TCU cannot win the game straight up. I'm sure that they can find a way to do that. I think it is much more likely that they would win the game outright if things were to be uh, chaotic as they were against Michigan. TCU is much more at home in that environment. Georgia, as you saw last week, not so much. They are not used to being behind. They are not used to a lot of turnovers, etc. Uh, I, I would say yes, but eh, 
I could be incorrect there. Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think TCU needs multiple turnovers from Georgia to beat them? Uh, I mean, I think it's two two separate questions. Do they have to have that to win? Probably not. Do they? I mean, would that help their chances a lot? Of course, it would help their <laughs> yes. chances a lot. Um, and I think that Georgia was put in a bad spot last week by Ohio State. And a lot of things went right for them to come out with a one-point win. And TCU would love to see Georgia playing from behind and Bennett having a lot of pressure on him. I think TCU's secondary is probably better against the pass than Ohio State's is. And uh, if they get behind and Bennett gets in an uncomfortable position, then that's definitely a good script for TCU. I don't think it has to be that way, but it would be a good strategy for them, certainly. Uh, Parker, what, what are your thoughts here? I'm thinking a little bit about the Ohio State game and game script because specifically like Georgia missed a field goal in the first half and had one fewer possession than Ohio State and was still only down 28-24. So like when you normalize for possessions and you account for like missed field goals, which I certainly wouldn't think would happen week over week, um, like Ohio State getting up was a little bit fluky there just in like the number and sequencing of possessions and how the game bore out. So I'm thinking a lot about game state with TCU. Um especially if Kendrick Miller is like limited, I don't think TCU is very well suited to like sit on a lead and run the ball out against Georgia. It will get, it will turn into a track meet. So my thoughts are that TCU would try and turn it into a track meet early on because that's going to, um, you know, that's going to, that's going to maximize variance. If we're throwing the ball downfield, that's, that's certainly a more high variance outcome. And when you're the underdog variance is your friend. So um, I don't think they need multiple turnovers because you could imagine a world where Georgia gets, you know, TCU scores on the first drive, Georgia gets behind the chains, um, and punts. TC scores again. We're talking about a very weird, different game there. But if it becomes a track meet, I think TC is going to need a pivotal stop, and the likelihood of that being a turnover is much, much higher than than just an honest to god uh, four down, four down stop against this Georgia offense. So um, I would be surprised if they. I don't think they need them, like Kyle said. But I'd be shocked if they won and didn't have multiple turnovers. I I tend to agree. I to be to fair, agree. I'd be shocked if they won at all. So, <laughs> um, but I'd be shocked if they won and didn't have multiple turnovers too. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's see. Do we have any more questions in the chat? Um, you know, what, how about this? If you do have more questions, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, and you can always comment in this video once this thing has done, and uh, and we will do our best until game time to answer as many questions as we possibly can in that time span. So go ahead and toss that thing in there. I'd see guys uh, talking about the, uh, the coin toss, like guys, don't, don't bet the coin toss. Live your life. (laughs) Whatever the coin toss is, if you get plus odds on one side, uh, yeah, bet that one, that, that would work, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Let's, let's do a quick picks recap. Let's, let's discuss our best bets so far on today's show. Uh, the one that I am going to toss in there to count against the record. So to go with my 57, 39, and 3 so far on the year, I'm going to take Quentin Johnston, total receiving touchdowns over one half. Uh, that I got it at plus 120. I think it's plus 115 now. Again, these things are moving. So, you know, keep track of what's going on. But that's going to be my best bet. Parker, uh, give me give me your card as far as your uh, your prop bets for tonight. Okay, here's where I kind of landed and what I've put money on as we were doing the show here. Um, Duggan, uh, over over one half rushing touchdowns, plus 130. Anytime defense special score, plus 220. Longest TD, over 50.5, minus 120. 
Tay Barber for a touchdown anytime, plus 210. Quentin Johnston over 33.5, minus 115. And Brock Bowers over 25.5 long for minus 115. And our aforementioned pizza money on Jordan Hudson long shot, plus 800 for a touchdown. That's a lot more bets than I thought I was going to do going into this game. This show definitely influenced me. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, Kyle, how about, how about you give out your card? I'll give out mine uh, once we're done with that. Yeah, I like longest touchdown of the game. Um, certainly like to bet it over 47.5. I still think it's a pretty good bet at over 50.5. Uh, I took Quentin Johnston over 84.5 receiving yards. I'm going to put a little bit of a small one also on Quentin Johnston over 33.5 for the longest uh, catch. Max Duggan, first half, anytime touchdown score, plus 280. I think that's a good value, so I do like that one. Um, and uh, I like the TCU, 7.5, uh, plus 7.5 in the first half also. I like it. Now, these are the ones that I'm going to roll with tonight or that I've already got down. Uh, I've got A.D. Mitchell minus 200 to have more receiving yards than TCU wide receiver Darius Davis. I like TCU wide receiver Tay Barber plus 105 to have more receiving yards than George's lad McConkey. Uh, I like the longest touchdown in the game, the same as the guys do. I liked it much better at 47 and a half, 50 and a half. Uh, OK, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Max Duggan, anytime touchdown. I got that one down, but I do like Max Duggan over a half rushing touchdowns uh, because that one is still plus odds, if I'm not mistaken. Over rushing yards for Max Duggan, 31 and a half. Uh, I got that at minus 120. I, I originally bet it at 28 and a half. I still kind of like it at 31 and a half. Um, along with that, Stetson Bennett over one half interception at minus 110. And that's the way that I'm going to roll on that. I did just put in a bet on Parker's Jordan Hudson anytime touchdown at plus 850. So we will see. We will see what comes out of that. Gentlemen, what a fantastic day. We had quite a few people watch. Still have quite a few people watching. Um, But it is going to close out today's show. And I believe that this will be the last one of the college football season so let me go on and get you guys to come in here. I, I say thank you to the to the crew, to the audience and whatnot all the time. Uh, but Kyle, let's let's start off with you. You got any closing thoughts on the season? Yeah, I mean, first off, thank you for everybody that's tuned in throughout the course of the season. I mean, you guys have made this a lot of fun. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the viewer numbers have gone way up this year compared to last year. And the chat is always so much fun. We talk about how that's the funnest part every single week. Also, I want to say thank you to Parker and Gary. You guys make this a lot of fun. I like uh, listening to you guys, learning from you guys as well. Uh, we always have a lot of fun with this show and certainly uh, great. I look forward to doing this show every single time. And then everybody behind the scene at, at BetUS, uh, you guys do a great job. Fantastic graphics. Uh, you guys are all great to work with. So yeah, uh, you know, just thank you to everybody. This has been a lot of fun this year. We certainly appreciate it a lot. Most certainly. Parker, uh, what about you? Closing thoughts? I yeah I can't I I can't just say how much I am grateful for you Gary and Kyle and and, and to get to do this and to, and to be friends I think there's a lot of people that probably do shows and talk bets and talk football that don't legitimately become friends so I'm very grateful for that and uh, and excited for what we can continue to do um, this off season and beyond and of course grateful to bet us and the crew um, and uh, Gary you say this every week but it's true the chat if you guys weren't in here you know, joking and laughing and interacting, this would be way less fun and and we probably wouldn't get to do it as much. So we appreciate you guys being there and hope to continue to bring you uh, great content that's engaging and informative. And um, man, hope everybody's bets cash tonight and I'm going to go sit in uh, a state of anxiety for the next five hours waiting on this game to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm with you, my friend. I am with you. I am ready for this evening. Uh, yes, the chat. You guys are the 
the lifeblood of this program. You are exactly what we had to have, and we certainly appreciate you guys. Everybody that has subscribed this year, I mean, we are up almost 10,000 subscribers since uh, around National Signing Day last year. It is an insane amount of growth that the show has had, and it's all because of you guys. So we certainly, certainly appreciate that. Uh, Kyle and Parker, uh, you guys, to me, like have become fantastic friends. And it's not just because of the show. I mean, obviously, we started talking before that, but uh, doing the show weekly certainly helps. Life gets in the way. When you have something scheduled every week where you have to come in and talk to each other, it helps things out. So that certainly helps. But, man, it has been an absolute ride this season. I am so thankful for not only you guys that are in the chat, you guys that come in and watch the show live every week, uh, but Kyle and Parker as well. Our crew at BetUS is really the best in the business. They are, they keep us accountable. They keep track of everything that, that we need to have done. Uh, the guys that run the stream are awesome. I mean, this is, it is fantastic what they are capable of doing. And we're just lucky to be cogs in the machine. I will, I will say that they are really, really what makes the show run along with the guys in the chat. So, uh, good gracious. What a year it has been. What a what a night it will be tonight. Hopefully everybody will be watching. Uh, once you know, once we're done with that ball game, there is really no off season in college football. So you can always reach out to us on Twitter. We will figure out what we are going to do here on this channel going forward. Uh, but yes, we appreciate all of you for being here with us all season long. With that said, if you hadn't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe and <laughs> make sure that you like the video, gentlemen. For BetUS, where the game begins. God bless college football, and we'll see you all again soon.